Brought to you by Pumpkin Spice Soda. It is Foggy Jack's 61 Days of Halloween. Hello everybody, my name is Foggy Jack, and I'm the Shock Bazaar Mental Mentalist, and the host of the Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Now, let's head on down to the Pumpkin Patch for more. It's the same with children. Like being sent to your room? Exactly. Nobody likes it, but if you do something bad then someone will have to punish you for it, no matter how old you are. It's called accountability and I guess that's a kind of everyday magic too. None of that actually made complete sense to me at the time but I guess it was enough to shut me up for the night. Mom tucked me in and let me go to bed. By morning. I'd almost forgotten all about Jack's strange story and when bedtime came around again, I was just as excited as usual to call Jack again. After I was tucked into bed, my dad dialed the number and brought me the phone. I took it with the same eagerness I always did although when I heard Jack's voice on the line, I distinctly remember an involuntary shiver down my spine. Hello there young spellcaster. Jack's tone was harsher than usual. His voice had more of a hiss to it than it had before. It caught me off guard and I didn't reply with my usual greeting. Jack continued anyways. I'm so glad you've called to talk with Melanie and I this evening. Hello. It was good to hear Melanie's voice back but there was something off about it. I'm sure that it was the same actress as before but her voice was warped and hard to make out. Her tone was different as well. Instead of the chipper, upbeat voice she'd always had, instead she was much quieter. Her single line of dialogue came out as more of a squeak than anything else. We've had such an interesting day today. Jack said. Today we had a visitor in the castle. A wonderful young man who made up in charm for what he lacked in magic. He came upon my castle unannounced and his arrival was quite timely. This charming man provided me the key ingredient in a special potion I am brewing. It is a magical stew built off of the everyday magic of nostalgia. Do you know what nostalgia is, my friend? A memory. Melanie said, her voice still quiet and distorted. In a sense, yes. But also far more than that. I wanted to remind Melanie of my previous apprentice and so for supper I prepared this potion for us to share. This charming man was kind enough to provide us the meat for my stew. Cooking itself is another kind of everyday magic. With the addition of heat, things can change. Hard roots become soft. Flavors blend together. Flesh separates from bone and grows tender and juicy. I could almost hear Jack salivating on the other end of the phone line and it left me with a deep feeling of discomfort. I wanted to hang up the phone but I didn't dare. What would Jack say or do if I did? It's a shame that the man had to give up so much for us but we have gained so much from his sacrifice. Least of all a meal. Did you enjoy it, little witch? Melanie did not respond for a moment but I could hear a whimper over the phone line. Perhaps not, then. Some meats are an acquired taste. Regardless of your taste my friend, remember not to lose your appreciation for the everyday magic all around us. Now the hour has grown quite late. We are weary. The charming man slumbers eternally beneath the castle and it is time for us all to retire for the evening. Please. Do call again, fellow spellcaster. 
I appreciate having a friend with whom I can talk to. Pleasant dreams. The line went dead, leaving me with a sense of unease deep in my gut that I didn't know how to explain. Looking back, I am grateful that I was too young to truly comprehend the vile things that Jack had described. I didn't understand the things hidden behind his crooning words. All I knew was that something was not right. I didn't sleep as soundly that night. I don't think anyone could have. The following night, I found myself dreading my call with Jack. It had become so ingrained into my routine though that I didn't dare say no when my dad brought me the phone before bed. Have a nice call, kiddo. He said with a smile. I didn't reply and just quietly took the phone for him, dreading the inevitable sound of Jack's voice. Hello there young spellcaster. Jack crooned. His voice sounded even worse than it had the night before. The Vincent Price impersonation seemed half-assed and Jack didn't sound like himself although his voice was no less chilling to listen to. Even now, I can still hear it in the back of my mind. H hi Jack. I said quietly. I'm so glad you've called to chat with Melanie and I this evening. Hello. Like the night before, Melanie's voice was a garbled squeak. She sounded as if she was on the verge of tears. What a wonderful day we've had. Jack said. My nostalgic potion has reminded our little witch of her duties in my castle, lest she join her predecessors and that oh-so-charming man in their wake his slumber down in our dungeon. When left to simmer, his flesh took on such wonderful flavors. I should not indulge so often but I must confess the temptation is difficult to resist. Especially when there is meat so readily available. I listened in silence, tears filling my eyes as I listened to Jack speak. Shall I tell you about Melanie's predecessor? Charming little thing yet unwilling to take direction. Of course when you put the calf into the stew, the cow and the bull must go too. Family belongs together, after all. But their mixed flavors offered up such a heavenly aroma that I've as of yet failed to recapture. Perhaps one day you shall help me with that, my friend. No. I croaked. I, I don't want to. Now, now, Logan. Don't you want to see the mysteries of the unknown for yourself? The phone fell from my hand and I kicked it off my bed and across the room. A scream escaped me as I started to cry. I hadn't expected a response from Jack. He'd never responded to me before. He'd never even said my name before but I knew what I'd heard. I could hear his hissing, snarling voice over the phone still but I couldn't hear his words. Whatever he was saying was drowned out by the sound of my dad bursting into my room to see what was the matter. I ran to him, hugging his leg and begging him not to let Jack turn me into stew. I remember the look of shock on his face before he spotted the cordless phone on the ground. He picked it up and stared at it. I don't know if he heard anything but his furrowed brow said enough. He made my mom sit with me while he called the police and she did whatever she could to calm me down. I ended up having to sleep in my parents' bed the night and the nightmares of Jack looming over me haunted me for weeks afterwards. I remember that a police officer came to our house to ask me about the things that Jack had said during the phone calls. I told him everything I could think of although I'm sure there were parts I left out either because I didn't understand them enough or because I simply didn't remember. Needless to say, I never called that phone number again. My parents and I didn't discuss Little Witch and Jack-o-lantern after that night. 
I refused to watch the show and it wasn't until a few months later that I noticed it was entirely gone from the channel. Something else had taken its time slot. I didn't bother asking about it. I was happy to let that show fade into a distant memory and never think about it again. But I suppose Jack gave me fair warning about nostalgia. Thoughts of Little Witch and Jack O'Lantern have crept into my mind from time to time over the years. The show doesn't have much of a legacy online. There's almost nothing on IMDb or any other site I've gone through. The most I've managed to find is mention of an actress by the name of Judy Kirk who supposedly played Melanie. I didn't find anything else on her besides a name and trust me, I've looked. I had a little bit more luck going through old newspapers. I still live in the same town in one long weekend, I was with my own kids at the library and I thought to ask the librarian about historic newspapers. Sure enough they had some on microfilm and they let me look through it. The newspapers don't offer much. There's only a passing mention of Little Witch and Jack O'Lantern from in 1989. I found it in an article about human remains discovered beneath an old warehouse just outside of town. It had once been owned by a man by the name of Timothy Clay. Clay had built the set of the show in that warehouse and filmed everything there with a small crew. He had been the voice and the mind behind Jack O'Lantern before he'd been arrested for assault. Apparently, not long afterwards they'd found approximately eight bodies buried beneath that warehouse. One believed to belong to a young man who'd gone missing two years prior, three belonging to one family who had formerly been associated with the production prior and four belonging to another family. Looking into Clay himself, I found that he passed away in December of 1987. The article I read didn't state how, but as far as I knew the man was on parole at the time, not in custody. To save my curiosity I also looked into Judy Kirk. Mostly because I wanted to know if hers had been amongst the bodies recovered. As far as I can tell, she wasn't. There was no mention of Judy Kirk at all. If she'd ever existed, she dropped right off the face of the earth entirely it seemed. Perhaps that was for the best. If she was the one who'd played Melanie at the end then maybe she deserved her privacy. I don't need to read the gruesome details of his crimes to know that Timothy Clay was a monster. I suspect he told me everything I needed to know himself, back in 1987. I still have a lot of unanswered questions about Little Witch and Jack O'Lantern. But I'd say I've dug deep enough that I can say I'm satisfied. This is the best place to leave the mystery to rest. If I go any deeper, I don't know what I'd find. Truthfully I don't think I want to know. I still remember the phone number, though. I still remember the growl in Jack's voice when he spoke to me all those years ago. I'm not sure what came over me. My wife and kids were out the other day. I had nothing else to do and old memories of Jack and Melanie crossed my mind like they had a thousand times before. I thought about the commercial for that hotline. I still remembered the phone number. I'd known it off by heart, after all. I picked up my cell phone and figured that I really had nothing to lose. I expected either a deadline but the phone still rang when I dialed the number. That shouldn't have been surprising. That number had probably been assigned to someone else in the 33 years since I'd last called it. Whoever would answer would be part of some company I'd never heard of before, I'd hang up and have my closure. 
Someone on the other end picked up the phone and I listened as a woman's voice on the other end said the words that sent a chill down my spine. Hello there young spellcaster. I was silent. The voice was not one I'd heard before and yet there was something familiar about it. There was something off about the way she spoke. Like a lisp but more subtle. H hello? I asked with a trembling voice. Jack? I'm afraid Jack no longer owns this castle. But it's alright. I'm here. There was a tranquility to that woman's voice that set me on edge. A distracted calmness that seemed out of place. Would you like to hear a story about what happened to Jack, Logan? The woman asked and I felt the color draining from my face. On reflex, I cast the phone away from me and heard it clatter to the ground as I retreated away from it like I was still just a scared child. From across the room I could hear a low chuckle on the other end of the line. Another time, then. The woman's voice said. Pleasant dreams, fellow spellcaster. Pleasant dreams. The line went dead. I won't be calling back. Patreon. Hope to see you all next time down in the pumpkin patch. Thank you, goodbye, and blessed be.